It's Wednesday, September 12, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today is part two of our two-part interview with Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, and today I have the privilege of sitting down with Naomi Zacharias, who is the director of Well. Spring International, and Naomi graduated from Wheaton College with a bachelor's in business economics. After working in sales for Coca-Cola, she joined the staff of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. She accepted a full-time internship in the office of public liaison at the White House and returned to Ravi Zacharias International Ministries to help launch Wellspring International, an initiative devoted to providing financial grants to international efforts working with at-risk women and children. Naomi has visited with women in red light districts across Europe and Asia, foster homes for children affected by HIV and AIDS throughout Asia and Africa, displacement camps in Uganda and areas of the Middle East offering aid to Iraqi refugees, areas devastated by natural disaster, and international shelters for victims of human trafficking and domestic violence. In 2004, Naomi authored a chapter on a on Women and Education in Zealous Love, A Practical Guide to Social Justice, which was published by Zondervan. In Real Women, Real Faith, DVD Volumes 1 and 2, Naomi is one of six speakers leading sessions on an Old Testament and New Testament female biblical characters. Her first book, The Scent of Water, Grace for Every Kind of Broken, was released by Zondervan in 2011. She has also contributed two essays, included in the recently released NIV Bible for Women, Fresh Insight for thriving in today's world. Naomi and her husband, Drew, live in Atlanta, Georgia with their four children. What a privilege it is to be here at Wellspring International, part of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries and with Naomi Zacharias, uh, Ravi's daughter, who the Lord just birthed in your heart to start Wellspring and to see this justice side of the ministry. And so justice really is a theme of the ministry of Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about how this gospel-driven justice that Wellspring is doing is an important apologetic for the gospel around the world? Sure. Um, well, first of all, it's just a privilege to get to speak with you here today. But Wellspring really is very much born out of my father's heart. Um, I think the older I get, the more I appreciate that side of him and what I saw in him growing up that was always modeled for us. I have shared with people before. I remember being with him. Um, I think it was in Singapore and walking down the street there and a taxi driver jumping out of his car and chasing us down the sidewalk and saying, you know, Mr. Robbie, Mr. Robbie. And he remembered my father from five years before (laughs) when he had driven him somewhere. But it is because one of the things I love about my dad is just the way he sees people. Mm -hmm. He always sees people and he sees the people that other people might miss. Mm -hmm. And so for Wellspring, I think this is very much a reflection of who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, And it had always been a part of the ministry to have a kind of benevolence fund to be able to support people with particular needs around the world. But in 2004, he really wanted to give it kind of a more rightful place in the ministry and create something where other people could join together with us in supporting some of just these really horrific um, needs that people are facing around the world today. Um, I think for him and uh, casting that vision and for us, um, we say that love is the most powerful apologetic and just believing that in the person of Jesus Christ, he always 
saw and responded to the physical and felt needs around him. Um, and in fact, in many of the stories that we see in the gospel, he responds to that physical need first. Um, it's not that it's that the meeting the physical need is a means to an end, but it's more like the physical need is this representation of the greater spiritual need within the person. And so he responds to that need in them first and then points them ultimately to their savior. Yeah. And um, we feel like that that's the call that he's given us as believers to recognize this vast need around us and see that it matters. Um, there's an organization that we support in India, and he, um, he, I remember him saying to me that some people give them soup and no gospel, other people give them the gospel and no soup. We believe we need to do both. How can somebody hear the gospel if they're starving and you know haven't had a meal in days? And so just recognizing that I think that those needs matter to God and wanting to be his hands and feet in a hurting world. Amen. And I know... You know, our gospel-driven justice, like you said, it's showing love to the unbeliever Mm -hmm. so that they can see that this gospel isn't just an intellect, but it affects who we are and what we do. And uh, what a a powerful way to be a witnessing tool. And I know, even as you talk about India, that obviously your dad has a huge heart for India. That's where he was born. It's it's, 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 It's who he is. And he's gone back so many times, but I think a lot of people fail to see all the justice and the the tangible things that he has done for this country. Can you talk a little bit about some of the tangible things that RZIM ministry is doing in India for her people? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I always love going back to India. I went there the first time when I was 16 years old, but um, it made me laugh because I walked out onto the street and in India, there's so much passion to life and you'll see people all around you, you know, waving their arms and it might be about traffic and it might be because they're happy and it might be because they're frustrated, but suddenly I felt like I made a little bit more sense to myself too. But I just, I really think that's, again, just um, my dad's, the reflection of who he was like Mm -hmm. on our family and growing up with that um, appreciation, Mm -hmm. I think for the Eastern mindset. And I, I really think for him, it has always been about the person. His ultimate concern is for the person themselves. And so even when, when he's speaking or when he's coming alongside, it's not seeing this person as a statistic or a number, mm-hmm. but it's actually wanting to come alongside them in their life and support them and share with him what he believes that it is that is going to meet the ultimate Mm -hmm. cries of their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for us to be able to do that in a tangible way on the ground in India, but around the world too, I think has been for all of us a really meaningful aspect Mm -hmm. of this ministry. Um, We do feel like that's the ultimate message of what we are preaching and teaching and defending Mm -hmm. um, when it comes down to that. And so for India, it's been able to come alongside education for children who don't have access to education, um, for women who have been trafficked um, or in prostitution to be able to come alongside them and provide for HIV care, provide medical treatment, um, dental care, um, housing, permanent housing, and um, rescue and rehabilitation. So we have supported a variety of needs throughout the country. Um, When we first started Wellspring, one of the things that we felt was we wanted to be a place where people came that they could find the need that it was that God had placed on their heart and be able to respond to that. It wasn't so much trying to say, this is what my single passion is and trying to invite everybody else to join, but recognizing that God burns burdens us in different ways and for good reason, because there is so much need out there, whether it's 
poverty-related issues or war-related issues or human trafficking and um, so many of these things. And if everybody was only drawn to the same issue, you would have all these unmet needs over here. And so we wanted to be a place where whichever one that was that you were drawn to, we could help you find a way to give in a meaningful and responsible way. And so in India, it's been those variety of ways too. But our role is really one of due diligence. Um, We don't go and start our own projects on the ground. We're wanting to identify organizations and individuals, kind of grassroots efforts who are already doing the work. But our role is in the evaluation process and making sure that it's meeting a legitimate need through methods of integrity and then monitoring that um, process throughout. So um, uh, India is one of my favorite places to visit and the projects that we support on the ground there are dear to us. Um, one more I'll mention because I just think it's really powerful um, in a part of India and it's a um, program that provides surgical treatment and um, therapy for burn victims. Mm-hmm. And so this this is men, women, and children, but the vast majority are women and the vast majority are um, a result of domestic violence, although some are household acts and some are suicide attempts. Mm. But these are people who live in the villages who have no access mm. to health care. Yeah. And um, the first time I was there, there was a young man in there and it had been a suicide attempt. And I remember looking at just the visible pain that he was in as the doctor treated him there. Um, and one of the things thinking, you know, what was it in his life that led mm. him to not only to hurt himself, but to do it in such a powerfully profound mm-hmm. way to cause himself actually such agony, mm-hmm. but also the reality that he had been sitting for days like that. And I honestly just cannot fathom that with no ointment, with no mm-hmm. medical care and now, you know, covered in infection and they were treating that um, need for him. So they are just an incredible organization. We're in the process of trying to help um, build a surgical center for them, but they are um, treating these patients from the initial onset of the accident and through the restoration of surgeries. Wow. What an encouragement because obviously your father and your family and your ministry has been such a powerful witness, not just here in the United States and in Canada and India, but around the world through your your father's writings, through the apologetic speaking. Uh, I mean, even a couple of days ago, I was talking to someone about Nabil Qureshi and the influence I think that he's had both on the Muslim community but also in the Christian community to be able to to share our faith better with the Muslim community, uh, but to see also the way that you are walking out with justice and the love of Christ, the way that that Jesus went among the lepers and the blind and, and showing healing and hope through the power of the gospel. And that's what Wellspring is, and you are working in 16 different countries. And can you just give us a taste of kind of some of that work around these 16 different countries? Oh, yeah. Again, so we have um, a variety of projects and we support programs. So that might be through an organization, but we also support individuals. So we have um, individuals who might come to us for educational scholarships, um, healthcare needs, or just basic living needs mm-hmm. um, for the organization. We're working in areas of human trafficking, um, specifically sex trafficking, um, poverty-related issues, so education factors in there as well, war-related issues, so um, needs for refugees, um, food and education, particularly in that area, HIV care, domestic violence issues. Um, so there is quite a range, but we are living in a world where there is there is just no shortage of suffering and pain. And at the same time, I, I think in Wellspring what we see is 
it's you see almost both extremes. Mm-hmm. You see sort of the underbelly of humanity and honestly some of just the horrible things that we can actually do to each other. And at the same time, the signs of restoration and healing are just remarkable. And you really you have you hang on to those um, because the, the tragedies are many. Mm-hmm. And when you see that um, restoration, I think that is just really life giving, honestly, for all of us. So it's just been, it's been an honor and a privilege. Um, And I think you see your, your own life very differently. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Lord has used you also to write several books and no one yeah, well, <laughs> books and articles yeah, yeah. Um, but zealous love talk a little uh, bit yes. about zealous love and how can people get that and just what led you to write that book so zealous love was actually several years ago and the author was i think i wrote contributed an essay okay. for zealous love so um and that is that is uh, several authors contributed to that and that was a great project to work on the book that i um did was called the scent of water grace for every kind of broken and that is a book that is basically telling the stories of many women that i met through wellspring and just these stories that so impacted my life and stories that i really believe deserve to be told um but then also how it changed the way i saw my own life through that so it was a um it was a great experience to do that i loved the writing process but you know i really think too when you sit down and write some of the things out you see these threads in your life that you're like huh there is there is this pattern there's this plan my dad talks about the grand weaver and um things that i had not recognized before (laughs) that i suddenly saw come together so one of the one of the last things i'll mention is just that for us it has really been wanting to do this out of the love of christ out of who we believe that he is and and the way that we want to reflect him in our lives but it has been not this desire. There's no commitment on the side of the person that we're helping. They don't have to agree to something. And we often hear that from them where they're like, where's the catch? You know, do we have to agree to go to church? Do we have to say we're doing this? Do we have to say we're becoming a Christian? And they are kind of just baffled that there is no catch that way, um, that we it isn't meant to, to um, put that kind of pressure, but really just to reflect who he believe he is, who we believe he is, and in that process be able to share um, our own faith too. Yeah. Well, Naomi, thank you for all that you guys do to show the gospel and thank you for being with us today. And just in closing, how can people support and get engaged more with Wellspring? Um, wellspringinternational.org is our website. Um, so you can contact us at RZIM or directly through the website um, for any questions and we would love to help you. Well, thank you. And we're praying for you and uh, knowing that the Lord is doing great things through both the justice, but also the proper of his word through Wellspring and RZIM. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.